Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez and I am here solo. Uh, that was a weird voice. I'm here solo today because I'm gonna be discussing and recapping the Oscars and sadly we will not have our very own Oscar here with us or Emily. All love to Emily too, but there's not an award show named after her, sadly. Maybe we can start that. Maybe when Strange Love's audience grows a bit bigger, we can start our own award show and basically every single award will go to Brad Pitt. We love Papa Pitt on this pod. Anywho, let's discuss the 93rd Academy Awards, which were the lowest rating Academy Awards by far. It says that the viewership actually dropped 59% from last year, and last year was by far the lowest rated Academy Awards ever, which actually surprised me because, I mean, come on, Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, I know Parasite wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal to some people. And I mean, we had Leo, Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, all these people were at the award show, yet it was so lowly rated. But this year, yeesh, dropped 59% from 23.6 million viewers. So only 9.8 million viewers tuned in for this Oscars, which is not good. It's not good for the ceremony. It's not good for advertisers. It's just a big mess. And the Academy really needs to figure out what the heck they are doing. And this show, I thought that they were gonna have a better handle on things just because Steven Soderbergh was a producer and he is a very famous director. He directed the Ocean movies and he's just, he's a talented guy. And I will admit, I will admit the show, the broadcast, it had some interesting directorial choices because the Oscars always looks a certain way, but due to COVID, it had to be more spaced out and it was in the Union Station or a train station and it was very pretty. But let's talk about, before we get into winners and stuff, the weird lighting. So this beautiful train station, and I don't know if it still uses a train station. Of course, Strange Love, I don't know my information well enough. <laughs> but either way, it had these beautiful windows. And think about the Academy Awards. In LA, they start at 5 p.m., which is very early, aka it is not even golden hour yet. So the sun is just blinding people. And the first award of the night, which is for best original screenplay, which we'll get into the awards order in a minute. But the first award goes to Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, rightfully deserved. It was very clever. It was great. But her table happened to be the most sunny and just everyone was squinting. Carrie Mulligan and her husband Mumford of Mumford and Sons. Sadly, the sons were not there, but Mumford was there with Carrie Mulligan. And his name's not Mumford, by the way. I think it's Marcus. <laughs> but they were there, and then Emerald Fennell, and maybe her husband were there. And at that table, they were just blinded by sunlight. They looked, like, ghostly because of how washed out they were. And it was just kind of comical because usually the Oscars are in this, you know, very classy and huge theater, just dark... Whoa, that was a motorcycle, guys. But they're in this huge dark theater with these beautiful lush red seats. But this year... It was very spaced out, socially distanced. Not a lot of people were wearing their masks and I don't really understand how they got around that. I think that Regina King may have mentioned something beforehand about how the ones who aren't wearing masks are vaccinated, but let's be honest, I wasn't paying enough attention at the beginning, even though the opening monologue was fairly solid, but it wasn't really an opening monologue because another complaint, the show didn't have a host like the past few years and this year we desperately needed a host because if there was a big name to draw people in, a big comedian, maybe John Mulaney or someone who's super current and popular right now, 
Okay, what about Bo Burnham? He was in Promising Young Woman. He would have been hilarious. He is literally Millennial's favorite comedian right now. He should have hosted the Oscars, now that I think about it. That's dumb. That is a bad move on their part. But they should have picked a comedian, so then people will watch this, because, let's be honest, no one has seen any of these movies nominated. And that makes me sad as a movie lover and a movie podcaster, but it's true. So you need something to draw people in, but no one was drawn in. So cut to the weird and wonky situation of how they changed award positioning and all that. It was weird. It was odd. I mean, they started with screenplay, which, again, Strange Love and the Strange Love audience, y'all obviously appreciate screenwriters because they are kind of what make the movie, honestly, sometimes. But the average American person doesn't care. They want to see Daniel Kaluuya win an Oscar first. That's what's going to keep the audience engaged. But instead, we get Emerald Fennell winning, which is, again, deserved, and she had a cute speech, but it went on too long, just like every other speech in this broadcast, because Steven Soderbergh made a decision to not cap their speeches, which I respect, but at the same time, I'm thinking of this pragmatically, and you gotta cap it, because... Just some people went on and on. My Octopus teacher documentary, those people, they just kept talking and they barely even thanked the octopus. Name the stupid octopus. Poor buddy, he did all the work. I mean, he's the reason y'all are up there right now. Thank the octopus next time. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> but the speeches were just so long. And I do think that it's ridiculous that, you know, in past years, certain actors get so much more time than directors. I can think of an example where Leonardo DiCaprio, who, you know, the Academy would never dare play music over the famous Leonardo DiCaprio because, I mean, they've wronged him so many times that honestly, let Leo talk for three hours and I'd be fine with it, but they give him, you know, five minutes of uninterrupted time while they give the director, Alejandro Iñárritu, I would say a minute 30 and they start just playing the music super loudly and it's like, come on, this guy, yeah, I mean, he made, he made the movie. He's the reason the movie's a thing. Hate to say it. I don't think they won the same year now that I'm thinking about it, but still, it's just the difference in star power gets you more or less speaking time. And is that fair? Not really, but is it efficient and makes sense for advertisers and audience? It does make sense. But this time there was no music. There was no music in general, if I'm honest. Questlove was DJing, not that well. No offense, Questlove, I really like you, but <laughs> it wasn't great music or anything. And there were no live performances, which I was okay with because, mm, Mm, those original song performances sometimes get me down, except when Sufjan Stevens did Mystery of Love in his Gucci suit and Moses Sumney and St. Vincent were behind him playing backup and it, that was truly beautiful. That was a special Oscars moment. But other than that, I don't need that energy. Sorry. Whew, I keep going off on tangents. Where even was I? This is hard when you don't have a co-host to kind of yell at you and say what you were talking about at first aka why the Oscars needed a host so they could stay on track. Okay, let's go with that. That was a pretty good transition, even though I have no idea what I was talking about. Basically, them switching up the awards should not have happened. So after Emerald Fennell, Florian Zeller won for The Father, which was kind of surprising, and I didn't guess it, but I really wanted it to happen. And I'm glad it happened because that movie is stunning and it's just, it's adapted from a play so well. And I thought Nomadland was going to win, but spoiler alert, Chloe Zhao, she had her time to shine, luckily. And Florence Zeller was in Paris. 
Paris, and he looked so glamorous. That head of hair was, mm, I respect it a lot. And he was on some rooftop, maybe he was on the Eiffel Tower or something. It was magnificent. And that's something actually the Oscars did well, because I don't want to hate on the entire broadcast, because I don't think it was terrible. I just think it was poorly managed and ill-conceived. Uh, no offense, but... They didn't have any Zoom cams, which, thank goodness, everyone was in formal attire, which is very traditional, and if you couldn't make it to LA at Union Station, I'm going with that, I hope that's the name of it, but if you couldn't make it there, there would be other places. So a lot of people were in England in a theater, and some people were on what looks like the Eiffel Tower, I don't know, in Paris, and there were just, luckily, really good quality cameras set up everywhere, so if they did win, they could accept their speech live and not all glitchy and zoomy in their backyard or in their weird closet of their house. So I thought that was good, and I was glad Florian Zeller won for that. I'm not going to go through all the categories because most of them were fairly predictable, but them deciding to have Best Director very early on was quite confusing because if that had happened last year, did you guys remember the moment when Bong Joon-ho won? That was so much fun. And that gave Parasite a lot of momentum and people were thinking, it could happen, it could happen. And then boom, Parasite won and that was so much fun. But this time, Chloe Zhao won for Nomadland, maybe an hour and a half in. Well, there was still another hour and a half, which the ceremony should have been an hour and a half. At all. It should have capped at that because too long, way too long. But that was just weird and anticlimactic. And we all knew Chloe Zhao was gonna win and I'm so glad she did. And she gave a really good and heartwarming speech and it was fairly to the point, which I respected. And I think it was just kind of strange to do that. Maybe it's because they knew that everyone knew who was gonna win. But spoiler alert, again, it looks like the producers didn't actually know what was going to happen because let's get to best picture not being the last category. That makes me so mad. They announced the best picture, which was Nomadland, which was deserved and expected, but they announced that before best actor and best actress, which I can see what they were doing because all along the Oscars race, everyone's been gunning for who's gonna win actress, who's gonna win actor, and ooh, it was such a toss up and it was so exciting. We all knew who was gonna win actor. Chadwick, right? Wrong, but let's first get into the actress. No idea. Literally everyone was guessing different things. The odds were all so close and it ended up being our queen, all hail Miss Frances McDormand. This made me, I've never been so happy. Well, no, I definitely have been happier, especially even regarding the Oscars. So that was a lie. <laughs> but Frances winning puts her in Daniel Day-Lewis and Katherine Hepburn territory. And that is just so fun to me. Something about it, just this woman having three Oscars just <laughs> everything about her screams anti-Hollywood. You know, at some point, maybe she was into all the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, but now she's clearly not. She's tired of it. Yet in her speech, she says, I like to work. I like to produce art. I like to make movies for people. And that's really sweet because she's not, she's not anti-film. She's just kind of anti all the dressing up and stuff. So it was so fun to see her win. And she carried Nomadland. Let's be honest, she deserved it. I think all of the actresses in this race were amazing and it could have gone any way, but Frances winning was just such a classic Academy moment too. You know, people were saying, nah, they're not gonna give her a third Oscar. You know, three best actresses, that's insane. Well, here it is. Here she is, Miss Frances. And the best part was 
She had just won for Nomadland, right? So she's kind of on top because she also produced that film. So she got to be on stage for it. So then she comes back. She's kind of probably her heart's going down. She did that weird wolf thing where she howled like, oh, and they did a, (laughs) the Oscars did something funny where they went to Joel Cohen, who is her husband of, I think, 36 years, which power Hollywood couple, good for them proud of them but they just cut to him after she howled like a wolf and he just looks so disgruntled with his life and just so tired of this ceremony and supportive husband for going to that thing <laughs> but it was just funny seeing that but she won right and then five minutes later they say okay the best actress is Frances McDormand well okay that was just so shocking and that was just so probably anticlimactic for her because her entire movie and everything she cares about just won and then she wins. So she didn't give as iconic of a speech as the one when she won for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That speech was a little crazy. Y'all should look it up. I mean, it was heartfelt, but it was just a lot. This time she was a lot more toned down just saying, go back to movie theaters when it's safe. Nomadland means a lot to me and I like to work. Just like Fern says in Nomadland. Listen to our Nomadland podcast, by the way. I feel like it's not getting enough love. We put a lot of time into that one and we, we got pretty deep. So if you haven't listened to that yet, watch Nomadland on Hulu and then listen to our Nomadland episode. I know what you guys have all been waiting for, so I'm here to talk about it. Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. My bad. Sir Anthony Hopkins beating the late Chadwick Boseman for Best Actor, the last category of the night. So many things went wrong the last eight minutes of the Academy Awards. I cannot, I would pay so much money not to have to deal with that, but just to be in the room with the producers where this is happening. You know, they decide to have Joaquin Phoenix who won for Joker last year, even though that win feels like 45 years ago. This has been a long COVID year. Well, I mean, the Oscars were pushed back. Anyway, they have him present the Oscar and He walks out just kind of disgusted with life. He does not want to be there. I mean, proud of him for wearing a suit at least. I guess they forced him to, but he does not want to be at the ceremony. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. So he's there. He's ready to present it. It's the last award of the night. The producers are expecting some heartfelt tribute from Chadwick's wife, and it would have been really sweet and a good moment, and Twitter would have been really happy. But do you really think the Oscars are going to do that? Do you really think they're going to be the good guys and let that happen? Wrong. And when I say good guys, I'm not saying Anthony Hopkins didn't deserve the Oscar or anything like that. I'm just saying publicity wise and just narrative wise, Chadwick winning would have been so much more impactful for so many more people. But no, the Oscars, the Academy, they can't do that. They can't do that. Of course not. So Joaquin just kind of sullenly looks at it and he goes, Anthony Hopkins for the father. And then the biggest baller move of all time, Anthony Hopkins isn't even there. He's not even at a certain satellite to film an acceptance speech. He's probably asleep in Wales or he's thriving in Wales. I don't know what he was doing in Wales, but he was there. And there's just a picture of him. So he wins and Joaquin just says, okay, on behalf of the Academy, we're accepting Anthony Hopkins award for now, good night. And that was it. Everyone just kind of looked confused and was looking around and it was just, the weirdest ending ever. And you know, even though Jimmy Kimmel was kind of a cringy host, when that whole La La Land and Moonlight debacle happened, he kind of made light of it and said something funny, but we didn't have a host. All we had was Joaquin wanting to go home and just saying, okay, good night, that's it. Sir Anthony Hopkins isn't here to accept it. We're accepting, bye. 
And it was just the lamest, most anticlimactic ending of any award show ever. But I really respect it because I think that'll go down. It'll be notorious. And what I really don't want, and I don't think it's happening, or at least I'm not seeing it, is I don't want Anthony Hopkins to be hated on for winning. It's not his fault. He didn't campaign. This man is in Turks and Caicos. He's on Instagram. He's living his best life, but he's not doing all these crazy interviews or anything like that. He didn't want to win. I doubt he really even wanted to win this award. I doubt he even knew he was nominated at one point because he's just over it. He doesn't care. He's 83 years old. He's the oldest actor to ever win an Oscar and it'll be his second Oscar and good for him, but he's tired of that. He's a Shakespearean actor. He doesn't care about the glitz and glamor of fake Hollywood, you know? So him winning, it's not his fault. He just gave a, I'm going to say it, once in a lifetime performance. The father is brilliant, brilliantly performed. I've never... Well, I mean, I guess I have seen acting performances at that level before, but it really is one of the most special acting performances I've ever seen. I think that actors are going to be taking a lot away from that in coming years. And I think they'll be really intimidated because I don't know if anyone could ever do that again. But he rightfully, he really did deserve it. But Chadwick also deserved it. He was great in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And I do not know what went wrong because he won every other award besides the BAFTA. And speaking of the BAFTAs, they predicted everything. They predicted all four acting winners and then director and best picture. So that was a clear indicator of what was going to win and stuff. So I don't know why we didn't look at the BAFTAs more this year. Whoops. But in conclusion, I mean, all I'm going to say is Sir Anthony Hopkins is a boss for not showing up. And the Academy should not have switched up the order of awards given because you know, and I respect I respect the hustle, but they thought, they assumed wrongly that Chadwick was going to win. And with that, it would be a happy ending and it'd be kind of tearful, but sweet and everyone would be content. But instead, this train wreck occurred and I think it was just a good indicator of how the whole night went. It wasn't great. It was boring at times. It was cringy at times. It wasn't really funny ever. Uh, Glenn Close being a good sport and doing that butt thing, I guess, was sort of funny. But just give the poor woman an Oscar instead of making her do that. Is that going to be her legacy at the Oscars? Eesh. But if she was having fun, I really, really respect it. My dad, our co-host Oscar, wanted me to mention that the posture on some of these women was elite. Vanessa Kirby, Carrie Mulligan, and Renee Zellweger. Woo! They are our posture goals. My dad and I have a posture corrector that we've been trying to wear lately, and that I want to be Vanessa Kirby now. I mean, oh my gosh, she was standing up straight. Dad, there's your posture talk. <laughs> uh, going to our ballots real fast, I had 17 correct. My dad had 10 correct, and my mom had 9 correct. So I won by a lot. You know, last year, I think I got... 21 out of 24 right this year 17 out of 23 because they eliminated one of the sound categories and speaking of sound of metal one duh sound is in the name dad my dad guest soul listen to our well i don't know if you're gonna want to listen to our oscar predictions now it is still kind of a good time to see what we got wrong and right we got some so so wrong including best original song which congrats to her the artist, not just, I don't know her name, but congrats to her. I mean, that was a great, that's probably my favorite of those songs, but it, that was very unexpected. She looked great too. She was channeling her inner Prince. She was a tribute to Prince, her outfit. Anywho, I need to wrap this up, guys. 
The Oscars were kind of a train wreck. This podcast was hopefully less of a train wreck. I hope that you guys follow us on Instagram at Strange Love of Movies Pod. The awards talk and all that is kind of dead for now. So we will be discussing some classics, some of our favorite movies, some of our not so favorite movies in the coming weeks. We hope that you keep tuning in to Strange Love of Movies. Even though the Oscars are over, movies are not over, Hollywood is not over, and Strange Love is not over. Thanks, guys. <laughs>